0: Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application. Present special music to call us to worship. And in a few minutes... Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I have recently become aware of the explosion in frequency regarding incidents in which the idea of a one world order is being suggested, promoted, or even recommended in various times and places around the world. And I'm not talking about religious people making these statements at all. I'm talking about significant world leaders, mainly in our hemisphere and predominantly, of course, in the U.S. Former President George H.W. Bush promoted the concept that we are well-positioned to move toward a new world system, quote-unquote, that will involve and evolve as we move to the future. In the last year, Vice President Biden and President Obama also have both made repeated references to a coming new world system. Thinking about this, I went back with the help of the Internet and watched them on YouTube as they made their speeches and gravely laid out the scenario in which this is to be considered as an expected event. They clearly position that this reality is, in fact, inevitable. The world is changing, actually has changed, and people have changed also. This coming new world order, they claim, will be a good thing. Future generations will benefit from it. It is almost as if they are desperately trying to assure us, to make us comfortable with the idea of a new world system, to comfort us, to prepare us, ...so that we will calmly accept the changes that will come. I became aware that it was almost like a brainwashing exercise. Maybe, in a perverse manner, they really think that a new world order will be good for humanity. And they want us to usher in this new system. I see a more sinister implication, actually... More and more legislation is being implemented and proposed, ostensibly for the betterment of society, to make this new world system enhance our lives in various ways. But this new legislation, so much of it, will provide governments and our leaders with unprecedented power to effect control over us. And what can we do? Some of it seems to be okay, on the surface, unless it sets off something called a hidden trigger built into the laws that will suddenly give unquestioned power for those in authority and they will assume despotic powers over us. They will be able to declare martial law or otherwise strip us of our freedoms and our ability to meet and worship as we wish. I don't want you to think that I'm desperate or even a scaremonger. Like the way a hypnotist uses the swinging watch to lull us into his trance, we will be unaware of how far these things have gone until it is too late to turn back i suspect too that the united nations will even play a crucial role in the eventual usurping of local security around the world I say scary to watch these world leaders promoting the coming of a new world system. They seem genuinely to believe that this will be good for us and our children. Even the future of the world, they claim. I may have fallen for their seemingly sincere position, but I have read scripture, and I am aware that this has to be entirely preparatory to the setting up of the world stage for the imminent appearance of that anticipated world leader, the one who will have the answers for the problems of the world. He'll be able to miraculously make peace with Israel, and people around the world will think that he's achieved the impossible. Finally, after decades of fighting, rockets being launched into Israel constantly, Hamas and Israel, Lebanon and Iran, Syria and Turkey, continually in a state of aggression with each other. Finally, unbelievably, at peace with each other, he will be hailed as a saviour. He will be seen as a powerful and charismatic leader. The world would follow after him blindly and bestow upon him their accolades. They will seem to worship him and his abilities and accomplishments until he reveals his true origin and his real motives. This is the man who will be called Antichrist. I believe he is already out there somewhere waiting for his moment to step forward and be revealed.
1: down kings will surrender their crown
0: And now with this message for today, here is Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee.
2: Greetings once again, my friends, in the name of Emmanuel, our Lord Jesus Christ. I trust that you've experienced a blessed and joyous Christmas and have taken time out to worship him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, because that's who this amazing child of Christmas really was and is. So really, we must continue to worship him as such, even though Christmas Day is past. And so today, even though Christmas is over, as we say, we want to conclude our series of four messages on the wonderful story of the birth of Jesus, the child of Christmas, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 35. Now, in our previous messages, we have seen that Luke tells us that Jesus, the child of Christmas, is absolutely amazing because he's the son of the most high God. Therefore, himself fully God and fully man. And as such, he is also absolutely and totally sinless. What an amazing Christmas gift. What an amazing child. I trust that you have already received him. But not only is this child amazing. Because he is fully God, fully man, totally sinless. But fourthly, he is amazing because he would be, and he is also king. He was born to be a king. In fact, some would say he was born a king. For instance, Luke chapter 1 verse 32 says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. End of quote. Emmanuel will have an eternal kingdom. The Almighty God will give him that throne in order to reign forever. This will fulfill the prophecy of Second Samuel 7, that David said someday would have a greater son, one who would come centuries later out of his own loins, who would take up the throne and reestablish the kingdom and then it would be a kingdom of righteousness, an eternal kingdom. This one is the amazing child of Christmas. He was born into the Davidic line. The genealogies recorded in Matthew 1 and Luke 3 confirm this. Jesus was born of parents who came from David's loins or line. Both Mary and Joseph came from that line. They therefore carried royal blood, which comes together in Christ as the rightful heir to the throne of David. He is born to the royal house, the house of kings, the house of David. And he has the right to the throne of Israel that becomes the throne of the world, which becomes the throne of the universe, which becomes the throne of the eternal new heavens and new earth. He, Emmanuel, is the sovereign Lord He is the amazing child of Christmas. His parents' mind finds it hard to even grasp the sweeping statements being made about this small infant. And so, Luke says, they were amazed at the statements that were made about him. I trust that you will also be amazed as you continue to ponder his person, who he is, even though Christmas is over. He is the king of the universe. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And Matthew sets out to show the significance of this in the second chapter of his gospel with the appearance of the magi, or as we call them, the wise men. They came to recognize and affirm that Jesus was born king of the Jews. He had the right to rule. His genealogy says it through Joseph, His genealogy says it through Mary. The Magi says it. Even Herod and the unbelieving Jews affirm it by their fear of him. Jesus, the amazing child of Christmas, is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the only potentate, the one who will reign forever and reign supremely. Philippians chapter 2 says every knee will eventually bow to him. Things in the earth, under the earth, and all creatures will bow in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, God with us. You remember again the carol that says, "Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive, receive what? Let earth receive her King. Joy to the earth, the Saviour reigns. Come and behold Him born." The king of angels, come adore on bended knee. Christ the Lord, the newborn king. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. One writer says, born a king in Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over the world to reign. This, my friends, this is Christ the King. The King of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Born to reign in us forever. Rule in our hearts alone. Raise us to thy glorious throne. Come and worship, come and worship Christ the Lord, the newborn King. For the manger of Bethlehem's cradles a king. Peace on earth, goodwill to man, from heaven's all-gracious king. That's the carol, my friends. Beautiful theology. Jesus, the amazing child of Christmas, is king of kings and lord of lords. But that is not all. The amazement continues. This amazing child of Christmas is not only totally God, totally man, totally sinless, an absolute king but he is also the Savior of the world. Now, we talked about this last time. Angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He came into the world to save sinners. Paul also confirms this when he says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is a faithful saying, unworthy of all acceptance. Jesus Christ is Savior. And finally, Jesus is the amazing child of Christmas because he is the determiner of man's destiny. Let me repeat that. Jesus is the amazing child of Christmas because he is the determiner of man's destiny. Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35 says, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, This child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. End of quote. Jesus is the determiner of every person's destiny. He is the revealer of the heart and he is the determiner of their destiny. It is what you do, my friends, with Jesus that determines whether you fall or rise again. Your eternal destiny depends upon what you do with Jesus because of what Jesus has done for you. If it's one thing to have an influential child, it is one thing to say, my child has made a great impact on the world. My child has had influence in this area or that area or the or the other. we like as parents to be able to say these things. But imagine now, being told that your child is the greatest influence in the world, so influential, in fact, that the destiny of every living human being is dependent on their relationship to that child. What an incredible statement that would be. How would you be able to handle that? This is no ordinary child, then, this amazing child of Christmas. Your destiny, I say, depends upon him and what you do with him. The Apostle John says it quite clearly when he says, and I quote, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Friends, did you hear that? Hear the word of God again. He who has the Son, that's this little babe who was born in a manger, we just celebrated. He who has the Son has life. Notice now, but he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. My friends, it is that clear cut. Jesus, Emmanuel, is the determiner of every human being's destiny. Anyone who ever enters heaven does so because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, backed up, of course, by his resurrection. Anyone, whoever goes to hell, goes to hell because that work was not applied to them because of their unbelief. Every person's destiny, I say, is bound up in Jesus Christ. Think of the Christmas carols again. They're filled with invitations. For instance, come, let us adore him. That is an invitation to worship this child of Christmas. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord. Whatever your response is to Jesus, my friends, Christ determines your destiny. Listen again to another invitation. Come rich and poor to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. My friends, these are the invitations that we're giving you today. Oh, come with us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for Thee. And I love these two invitations as well. Quote Be near Me, Lord Jesus. I ask Thee to stay close by Me forever and love Me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to dwell with thee there. What an invitation. My friends, these are all proper responses to the birth of Jesus Christ. Listen again to what the writer says of his parents. And Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were said about him. I trust again that this same wonder and amazement in your heart will continue throughout this new year, even though Christmas is gone. Yes, at Christmas time, we should truly worship the King. But to do that effectively and authentically, we must first receive him as our Savior, this amazing child of Christmas. I trust that you will do so. And you will do so today, even though Christmas is finished. The Savior is still here, because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Is he with you? Is he in you? He can be, he will be, and he is if you have received him as your personal Savior. As always, this is Senior Pastor Meredith Allen Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things.
0: You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas
3: the great commander's promise he will surely come again